we are on Spain's Plus. Now, if you haven't heard of Spain's Plus, you are way behind in life. <laughs> you need to get up to date. Spain's Plus is situated outside of the wrist. And we have Catherine Abers with us this morning. And she's the inspiration about, uh, um, that started Spain's Plus. Am I right? Together with a few other people, yeah. But so, I'm part of that team. Yeah. So welcome, Catherine. Thank you. And it's yeah. such an honor to have you on our program. I just want to say, you know, we walked into this beautiful garden. And as I was walking through, I just got all these different smells of the plants. It was so, so nice and so refreshing. What made you guys start Spence Plus? Um, so we were about... I think we're about a month and a half or so into lockdown already. Mm. Um, and people in Durrest were starting to put together food parcels. Mm. And um, Durrest doesn't really have a very big economy. So Celia LaRue, who's the owner of this farm, made the comment that that's not sustainable. Mm. And we're a farming community, so why don't we grow the food? Mm. Um, so that's what we did. Um, yeah. A few of us gathered on the Friday and the Monday. We started to put the first seed in the ground. Wow. So because <clears throat> we had been living here for 15 years and growing organic produce, um, we didn't really have to put too much planning into it. Mm. And I quite enjoy doing things organically. Mm. So, mm. <laughs> um, so we allowed the project just to unfold. And in those first few weeks, it was still that time, I don't know if you remember, where we weren't allowed to play sport. Yeah, we weren't yeah. allowed out on the streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that um, was in the first five weeks yeah, of lockdown. So and level April, five. April, yeah, right? it was yeah, that time. Yeah. So um, Spence Plus, agriculture was excused during that time. So Spence Plus became a social gathering space for people. Oh, wow. Amazing. <laughs> and so there was a lot of motivation for people to come and chat and start to prepare the soil. Mm. So in those first few weeks, we brought in a lot of organic materials. So we went to uh, dairies and sheep farms and whatever we could actually find. We mm. started preparing the soil um, and then we planted all the winter crops. Mm. And then as the progress, as the program evolved and the farm evolved, uh, tennis started to be able to be played again. And so the tennis players left. <laughs> but <laughs> at that time, what actually happened is those people that then were in need of food started to become part of the project. They emerged. Yeah. So what happens is every morning Celia goes into town to collect mm. her stuff. And then anybody in Durrest mm. can climb onto that transport and come into mm. the farm. And they work until 9 o'clock in the morning, have a mm. breakfast break. Mm. And then after that, work a little bit more until 10.30. And mm. then Celia actually makes a soup from the garden mm. that is then served to those people that have come. They're volunteers. They're not mm. working. Mm. And then after the, we've enjoyed the soup, then, um, then those people come into the garden and they can pick whatever they like to take yeah. home. So it's an exchange program. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the CSA. Yeah, yeah, it stands for Community Supported Agriculture. It's an abbreviation for that. And if you Google it, you'll see across Europe it's very big. <clears throat> and so just before lockdown, uh, we hosted a CSA farming couple that were visiting us oh. at Numbi Valley, which is yeah, our yeah. farm. And they told us how the two of them, together with another couple, 
and two, they use volunteers. There's an organization called WorkAway, um, and they use volunteers. So the six of these people run a CSA farm just outside of Antwerp, and they feed 150 families per month. And the reason why six people are only needed to do that is because what happens with CSA farmers is the members come to the farm and they pick their produce themselves. So when a farmer is growing a crop, say they decide to grow broccoli, 5% of the time is spent planting and caring for that produce. But probably, I would guesstimate, 90 to 95% of the time is involved with picking the produce, transporting it Mm. to a packing shed, packing it, and then Mm. getting it from the packing shed out into Mm. a supermarket. Well, it goes to uh, a warehouse and then that is redistributed again. And then there's a lot of the marketing and the admin that goes with it. So with a community-supported agriculture system, all of that falls away. Yeah. So the only thing you're doing is you're planting and caring for the plants. Mm. Um, and what it also means is that there's no pollution created. So we don't use any packaging. When a, when a CSA member comes to the garden, like Joel did this morning, mm. he will come with a basket and a knife, mm. and he's cutting whatever he wants and using it directly in his home. Mm. He's also not picking things that he won't use. So if he only wants two zucchinis for his Mm. dish, he only takes or picks two zucchinis. Mm. Whereas in a shop, you're often forced to buy in a punnet. Mm. And then there's often a lot of food wastage that's happening. So it's really, it's such a clever system. Um, And we can monitor overpicking of certain veggies. If there's there's very few of a certain type of veggie, say the corn has come into season, Mm -hmm. and everyone loves corn, um, then we just put a label up, please do not pick too many. Mm. Um, So they also can use color coding to Mm. say what there is a lot of or not. Yeah, so it's all in all, it, for me, it seems like the way forward. So the, uh, the, the farmer, usually in Europe, what the way they w- uh, work it is in the beginning of the year, they pay an annual membership. <coughs> and so then the farmer has the income that they can then use to buy seed or to prepare the land, etc. But what we did in Duras, because <coughs> we didn't really need that income, um, because the irrigation was in place and we have seed that we've been collecting. Mm. We got a few donations of seed. Mm. Um, <coughs> so we didn't need that initial income uh, input. And the economy in Durest is relatively low. So we did it on a monthly basis. So yeah. at the moment, CSA members pay 400 rand at the beginning of every month. And that then allows them to come so to the garden anytime to pick anything they want. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about, because obviously there must be pests, there must be uh, uh, animals, bugs attacking the plants. How do you manage that? Yeah, so it's an interesting concept. Um, And basically what we're working with, um, if you look at what's happening in the garden, is we're working with the concept of diversity. Mm. So in any situation, diversity offers resilience. Um, And how it works in the garden is that because we grow at least at one time, any one time, we're growing about 20 different crops. So we may have blue beans, fennel, onions, cabbages, broccoli, leeks, spinach, cabbages, um, (laughs) just in this little space. But what's happening on the whole hectare is incredible diversity. So if it happens, like, say, at the moment, we do have an issue with our pumpkin fly on the zucchinis. Mm. 
then we don't, we're not able to harvest zucchinis at the moment, but we have at least 15 to 20 different other crops. Mm. So we don't need to worry about that because we still have food security. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and what would happen to a conventional farm is say they've, they've planted a whole hectare of zucchinis and then mm. a pumpkin fly starts to affect it. They have no other choice than to spray for it because mm-hmm. their income is reliant on that. Yeah. So as soon as you start working with diversity, that need to use chemical interference falls away. Mm. And then we have incredible things happen. So when you, when you allow nature just to play out, um, what will happen is, um, say we do get aphids on the broccoli for a while, and when you give it two or three days, so some of the volunteers that work here, they'll say, look, we've got aphids, we must pull the plants out. And I say, no, wait. Mm. And then after three or four days, we start seeing ladybirds coming in. So the ladybird mm. larvae feed on aphids. And you give them two or three days, and they've cleaned every single bush. Sure. So better than pesticides. Much better. So yeah. you just allow the natural systems to take place. Mm. So there's our role as farmers here are more as observers than mm. as manipulators and controllers of wow. the system. And when you allow that to happen, it's magic. Wow, so I like that concept. <laughs> yeah. As yeah. farmers, you are observers more than manipulators. Yeah. And you allow the system to take it to unfold. Yeah. To so unfold. When, yeah. when, you, when you walk in the mountains here around the wrist, you don't walk through the felt and you see sick and dying plants. Mm. You see yeah. them, they look yeah. well. Yeah. So mm. I've always had that question in my mind how can that be? Mm. Why is it that you don't find pests in the nature? So. Mm. The reason why that is is sometimes you do, but it's so diverse, the system is so complex. Mm. And when we start using pesticides and herbicides, we can never understand the implications of that, Mm. what that has on the system, Mm. because it's way more complex and intricate than what we Mm. understand. Mm. And we like to think we understand it, but we don't really. And when you just let it go and you let it be like out in nature, You don't actually get those kind of infestations because there's diversity um, and the system is allowed to go through its cycles. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So uh, how big is this piece of land? So it's just under a hectare. Mm. And how many families do you feed on a a daily basis? So we... um, the, the system is we have, um, at this stage, we have eight CSA members, so mm. we're feeding them. Mm. Um, and then we have some people in Duras that come out to the garden just to do a once-off picking of a basket. And I would say in a week we have about four or five of those people coming mm. in. Um, and, then and they are not CSA members? No, they're just members of Duras community mm. that would and like to come every now and then and pick and a basket. And they come and pick and they then they pay directly. They pay directly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, so we have a wonderful woman, Carol, that runs the administration of mm. the group and mm. she r- records all the funding and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Um, and then in terms of the volunteers, because it's volunteer-based, we never mm. know how many people are going to come. But mm. on average, it goes between it's about eight or nine, ten people, and mm. it can go as high as 30 in a mm. day. Sure. And it's incredible how, like when 30 people arrive for the day, you wonder, will the garden be able to yeah. give so much food? And it does. It's just mm. phenomenal. This garden has an energy of its own. <laughs> it, it produces as much as it needs to produce. Yeah. yeah. And then we also do, once a week, we do a sale to Claudia and Prince Albert. 
Mm. Um, she runs Gay's Dairy and she comes in and she'll take excess produce from the garden. Mm. So we're generating our own income. We're mm. not reliant at all on funding. Mm. It's a closed system and we did that very quickly. Mm. In the first three months, obviously, we needed <coughs> um, to generate uh, from funding. Mm. Um, but then after that, the garden started producing and we could mm. sell produce. Mm. Um, and then what we do with the funds that we generate is there's only one person employed in the garden. Her mm. name is Geraldine Jacobs. Mm. Um, so she's from Durist, yeah. and um, she is employed. Yeah, so Spence Plus pays for her salary because mm. it's volunteer-based. They can fluctuate in numbers, mm. so she, we had to have the consistency mm. of one person mm. that knows mm. what's going on. Mm. So she comes in. She's like a foreman. Yeah. So she delegates the yeah. the What's work needed. that needs to be done for the day. For the day. Yeah. Mm. Amazing. If when I listen to you, Catherine. And it must be such a wonderful feeling to walk around in this garden. Eh? It's yeah. it's like you're allowing nature, like you said, to unfold, and yes. and and must be. Yeah, I, I can imagine what it must be like to be you moving <laughs> 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 around here. Yeah. And uh, another thought that came up is you know, the Klankeru is, is um, it's a farming community, but because of like monoculture and specialization, you'll you'll go onto a farm. There's no veggies, you know, yeah. like. Um, I remember I grew up on a farm and there always used to be veggies that, you know, was, was shared with the workers mm. or they had their own mm. land where they could also mm. plant um, veggies, but, but it's mm. not the case anymore. Mm. You, mm. You'll go into big farms and you won't find yes, any veggies. Exactly. Yeah. So, 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 and it's so much cheaper actually to buy veggies than buying meat and, and mm. other mm. processed mm. foods. But it's, it's uh, I know that the concept of like a, a desert, a food desert, um, especially for, for, for the lower income uh, portion of our society, it's, it's very hard for them to access fresh food, fresh mm. produce, mm. And, mm. And, and in a way you're addressing that. And, yeah, and, absolutely. And, and I'm just interested to, to, to hear, what, what is your view? How can this be scaled um, mm. from our side of Clankaroo Connect? Uh, yeah. it's, a, it's a vision yeah. that we have, and we've, we've, we've yeah. worked on that now also. But what, what's, what's your yeah. view? How can it be? So it's so interesting that you touched on that because um, I've been feeling that for the years that we've been living here, we run a, a, a market once a month in Durist and we invite the farmers to bring produce, but there aren't farmers that can contribute to that. Um, and it's such an interesting thing that we have this arable, beautiful arable land around us and <clears throat> the, the landowners are growing incredible produce here, but that produce is leaving, and a lot of it is going overseas. Mm. Um, and then the people that are living around us, our community, are living on, um, I see a lot of people eating like those pink chips, you mm. know. So what we're having is we're having unhealthy communities, and yet the beautiful stuff that we're growing is, is leaving and going mm. elsewhere. So what I would love to see unfolding in the years ahead is that where we have, um, where we're feeding our local community first, that's our priority. Yes. And then when we have access, then that maybe leaves. But um, I have a vision for this, like the Olifants River Valley, where there are lots of Spence Plaza and that people are living beautiful, healthy lives. I mean, the organic produce also has got this thing where it's only for the very elite. Yeah. Up until now, that's been the only people that can access it. And Spence Plaza is actually saying no. It's saying let everybody have access mm -hmm. to um, produce. 
So I think I, um, when I started growing and I enjoyed it so much being in the garden, I would often think of people that don't have that opportunity. And so a lot of the volunteers that come here don't have their own land and water. And so this is a space for them where they then have that chance um, to come out and be on a piece of land. And it's very healing. You know, it's every day that you're here, it's, it's not a managed workforce. So people are here because they want to be here. And there's laughter and there's chatting and there's community happening. Um, and there are bonds forming and there is healing happening between the different communities within Durist. Yeah. So we are talking to Catherine uh, here at Spain's Plaza and it's such an amazing project. How do other people start? Where do they start? Mm. Um, I think it's very, if people in the region want to start, it's great for people to come and have a look mm. and maybe take part for a day or so mm. in the garden mm. because then you start to get a feeling for what's going on. Mm. Um, but basically... Um, it's not difficult to grow food. Mm. So you just need to find someone that has that passion. Mm. Sometimes it's in the DNA of a person. Yeah. <laughs> you have to find I those people. So you've just yeah. find those people and then those are the people that run with the project. Mm. But it does, you know, farming is not easy, regardless of what kind of farming you do. And then just start, you know, organic farming, all you're doing really is you're working with the soil. You're not working so much with the, the outcome, the plants. Mm. Um, but the plants will indicate whether your soil is healthy or not. Mm. So you need uh, lots of organic inputs and then water. Yeah. So as, as long as you have those two things, you can yeah. grow food. Yeah. So this, this paint plus is it's sustained by eight CSA mm. members. Some members coming buying food mm -hmm. on a weekly basis mm -hmm. where you get your funding from. No government funding Nothing. involved. <laughs> um, local no. funding, local people eating healthy food, affordable food. Yeah. Volunteers coming in, volunteering their time from, mm. what did you say, 9 to 12, 3 hours a day. Mm. And they can take home produce whatever for their like, families yeah. there's also like. one of the aspects we've we've used in the garden is we don't weigh or regulate anyone mm. um, so people come it's really um, it's self-regulation so yes. <clears throat> we find that happens if a if a volunteer or a, a member comes and takes too much it's very quickly frowned on by the rest of the gardeners <laughs> <laughs> so um, it's a real community <laughs> project mm, so you don't true. need to no one there's no scale here saying oh it's one bunch of spinach is yeah, 10 yeah. rand or whatever yeah. it may be um, so it's it really is beautiful to have that honesty yeah. and when sometimes when people first see it they feel uncomfortable with yeah. having to decide yeah. themselves what to take so in this yeah. in this whole process of of just farming with organic food you are also instilling organic habits yeah where people have got freedom mm. and when you've got freedom then you sort of look out for your community yes absolutely yes yeah. Yeah. um do you want to talk to us a little bit about the people that's working in the farm yeah. and how eating healthy has affected them yeah so um I think quite a lot of people, um, when there's a, especially if in low-income families, um, 
you can eat very unhealthily. So maybe Saska white bread that's full of um, all sorts of flavorings and preservatives. I mean, that bread will last for two weeks without getting mold on. <laughs> There's something wrong. Mm. Um, and lots of, um, we were talking about the orange chips, you know, the, mm. the tyrosine and etc. all mm. the chemicals that get put into mm. chips. You have to ask, what is that? Mm. Um, so a lot of the children are eating that. Mm. And when you eat food like that, that is covered in chemicals, Mm. Um, and flavorants mm. um, and preservatives. What happens when you ingest that is it's going into your gut and it affects your gut lining. So what you're absorbing nutritionally-wise from that food is almost nothing. Mm. And then you find that that kind of low level of nutrients available to the body can affect the mood of a person. Mm. So you can often get frustration, irritation, aggression coming from people with a very low, nutrient-rich diet. Mm. So in the beginning when volunteers started coming into Spain's Plus, they would bring their chips along with them. And when they harvested from the garden, we noticed that um, a lot of the people would only take carrots, beetroot and cabbage because that's all they knew. Yeah. Um, and so we have such a diverse range of vegetables here. So we wanted to stimulate um, a diverse diet mm -hmm. to start um, improving people's health. So once a week, a wonderful woman called Karen Miller from Durist comes out and she chooses three or four of the volunteers. It's often children. Yeah. And they walk through the garden with her and they pick the produce. Yeah. And then they chop and they prepare with her and they cook it and then they present that meal to the other volunteers. Amazing. And so we found, like, for example, we've done uh, food with broccoli and leeks and basil and tomatoes. And yeah. then the next week after that, everyone's harvesting broccoli and tomatoes <laughs> and basil and taking that home to make yeah. dishes at home yeah. with it. Um, so we've seen some of the volunteers are regular and... Um, Reka, for example, has in the beginning she used to always complain about aches and pains mm. and uh, high blood pressure. Mm. And um, if you speak to her today, she's much better off, she's much healthier. Mm. Um, and she comes almost daily actually to the garden because she enjoys it so much. Mm. Just the and change in her, I can see the change. For a volunteer, this is free. The yeah. produce that well, they get here, you, you work in exchange. It's the time. Yeah, yeah. But they don't pay a cent no. to take the vegetables home. Yeah, nothing. And tell me a little bit, we were talking about the kids that are involved mm. here. Because obviously during lockdown, you were saying earlier that uh, Spence Plus became the social hub. Yeah. Because nobody could go outside, but they could come to Spence Plus. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit about the children that are involved here. Because obviously mm. they couldn't go to school. Yes, exactly. So... Um, before the school holidays, they had some. They broke the classes, classrooms up, so some children would go one mm. day and then others the other day. Um, and when that started happening, then we started getting a lot of children that mm. um, would come for the day. So some of them come from quite poor surroundings. You know, maybe they live in the squatter area of, mm. of Durist. Um, and it's very noisy and there's lots going on and there's rubbish flying around mm. so for these children to come to a beautiful farm like this I mean with the backdrop of the Sartberg Mountains mm. 
and it's a very calm energy and mm. it's a friendly energy so mm. there's no one dictating what needs to be done you know everyone mm. just contributes in whichever way they they mm. want mm. to mm. Um, and there are lots of relationships there's lots of sharing of ideas mm. um, and then we recognized one child, um, William, that comes regularly and really he puts an incredible um, energy and, and, mm. and passion into the garden. Mm. So we organized for him as a sort of a thank you and a well done. And we organized for him to go and spend um, time with a blacksmith in Durisk. Oh, wow. And it was just the most beautiful experience for him. So... He's made a candle holder yeah. already <laughs> um, using welding and blacksmithing from mm. Uh, mm. It's Kevin O'Donnell that helped him. Mm. And we're hoping as the project continues that more and more opportunities like that will unfold with the people that do come and be mm. part of it. Mm. Um, and we've also done talks. So we invite experts from outside. So we had mm. Layla coming from Plettenberg Bay and she did a talk on bees, mm. but not just on the honeybee, but on solitary bees as well. Okay. And then everybody that's here that day can take part in that. We had mm. Nicholas McLean come in talk about gut health. Mm. And then the volunteers are part of it. And, mm. um, you know, the next day I asked some of the volunteers, what did you think? And they said, to me oh I'm never going to eat bread again because <laughs> they understood then yeah. that their diet needs to be varied and and mm. full of vegetables mm. for good health mm. um, so we're doing a lot of different things not just growing vegetables yeah. Yeah. well Catherine I think that this is really um, an Eden of sorts and that there's so much more that will grow from this garden mm. and um, I'm impressed how just one thought can change a community yeah. and just people coming together um, in such a carefree, friendly, welcoming manner can can produce all of this that we're yeah. seeing. Um, I'm sitting here, listeners, and I'm smelling the fennel, I'm smelling the different vegetables, and it is amazing. Thank you so much for being on Thank our program. You. Um, we will be talking to some of the other people as well, so please stay tuned. And onze eerste persoon met wie ons onderhoud voer is Joel Ammerman. Good, good morning, Joel. <laughs> good morning to you. Good beautiful morning. Yeah. So, Joel, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, how you are connected to Spence Plus. I'm connected to Spence Plus through Catherine. Okay, I know Catherine Ross and Catherine very well. I live in the mountains up here, and they live in the rest, and we're the organic farmers around here. Yeah. We base our farming on permaculture. So that's how I know about Spence Plus. And what is, what does it mean to farm organically? So it's growing vegetables with and food and trees, whatever, farming without using pesticides, insecticides, fertilizers. So you make your own compost and all that, mm -hmm. and everything is 100% organic. Our food today is contaminated. Fruit and vegetables, meat, dairy, whatever it is, it's contaminated because of the mass-produced and, and monocultures. Mm. And this permaculture is, is this type of thing, okay? So if you have a look around you, all this year is grown with with love and care and with 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 compost that we make ourselves and that's the difference there's no chemicals in this food it's this has got nutrients it, it's it's got vitamins it's got proteins mm. and it's 
packed with it. Yeah. I, I remember I was here in July and you were busy putting the little plants in yes. the soil. Yes. And I'm like blown away with what I'm seeing now. Look at all the beautiful, look at this. Look at this leeks, look at this broccoli. Ooh. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really incredible. So this is what I can come and pick. Okay. And this is organic. Totally organic. Have you been eating organic all, all your life? Mm. Oh, no, we, we need no. to, we need, how did you no. become involved in organic? I was in refrigeration. <laughs> yeah. I better finish eating. <laughs> <laughs> that carrot is so delicious. <laughs> When a carrot tastes like a carrot should again. Mm. You go buy carrot from supermarket. Got no taste. Do you make me list for the carrots as well? That was you won't. So you <laughs> said you were in refrigeration. Yeah. yeah for, for, for many years. Yeah. And I saw how man interfered with food. I, I used to refrigerate chicken abattoirs, abattoirs mm. and that type of thing. Mm. And when man takes a chicken and puts it on a supermarket shelf in six weeks from the day it's hatched you got to start asking yourself questions and I saw mm. it mm. I saw it battery chickens feed them uh, growth hormones antibiotics and if you ingest that food you're putting that in your system finished mm. and clad and it's, mm. it's not healthy my, my life changed when I was 38 years old I went all my friends were saying go to go and have a checkup you know yeah. you, should, you should have a checkup at 38 <laughs> but some people were dropping down dead from yeah. heart attacks and mm. things like that mm. and I was super fit and I went to the doctor and they had the checkup and he told me I had high cholesterol and I couldn't believe sure. it because I'm, I'm I've never I've never been this is how I've been all my life <laughs> <laughs> yeah he said you can be that thin he says you can still have high cholesterol it coats the inside of you anyway I walked out of his, he said to me, do you eat red meat? I said three times a day. <laughs> he said, do you eat fatty processed foods? I said all day. <laughs> he said, do you eat chocolate? I said a big slab in front of the TV every night. So he, he said, well, it's up to you, you know. And I walked out of his rooms that day and I started changing my, I used to go on to antibiotics three times a winter in Pretoria wow. for post-nasal drips and bronchial infections. Yeah. I walked out of his offices that day and I changed. I haven't had an allopathic drug for 32 years. Wow. Not an aspirin, not a disprin, not an antibiotic. You, so, okay, so, you, so I you, changed my whole way of eating. I stopped eating. I saw, I saw it as well with my own eyes in the refrigeration game. Mm. You know? And uh, I changed my way of eating and, I, and I've become more so in the last couple of years. Um, since I've been on the farm, actually, the last yeah. 12 years, 10 years. And uh, I really, you know, I can't look back. I mean, my water's good, my water's alive, everything's great. Mm. My food is good. Mm. And I, I don't get sick. Oh, wow, that's sick. amazing. No, I'm, I'm, it's, it's unbelievable. And it's only, it's because of, it's also the stress, you know, the lifestyle stress. You've got to be so careful of stress. How has COVID affected you? Living, uh, living if I on may the farm, in living the on the farm in the mountains. It's like it never happened. <laughs> I still don't even know about it. Well, I do because of the news, but oh. it, it hasn't affected me one bit. Oh. Yeah. So it's almost like you, the choice that you made uh. um, is you fit more into the challenges of of. of that's brought about by COVID than yeah. the average person oh, that's maybe, maybe dependent on yeah. mass-produced food. Yeah. And, and, as and soon as you start caging anything, you get problems, okay? 
It's the same. It's sort of, you just look at it. They cage chickens, you mm. get bird flu. Okay, yes. they, cha- they um, cage ostriches, they get bird flu. You, cattle, cattle feedlots. I used to refrigerate cattle feedlots. The cat, they don't even walk in a field. They just bung them full of food and the mm. wrong kind of food, not grass, you know. Mm. And so no, something has to happen. Mm. You know, mm. you don't have to be a genius to work it out. It's, it's, mm. it's just there in front of you. Joel, so I'm thinking in terms of other people mm. that stuck listening to this program tonight and just realizing, listen, I need to make a change in my life. I need to start eating healthier. Yeah. I want to get we out of that need to do that. What What do you suggest to them? What do they do? Start growing your start? own vegetables at home. Start, even if you're in a, f- a townhouse or a flat. I mean, you can you, you can have a window box or something and you can put herbs in there. No, make a start. Mm. Make a start. And then at least if you make the start, you, you I started slowly as well. It, mm. it wasn't a change automatically that I just walked out of his room I changed my diet drastically but not drastically enough but I felt the benefits immediately mm. immediately mm. it was mm. it was unbelievable look you, you got to detox hey? it's not easy to do this hey? mm. <laughs> you know you got to have willpower to do it yeah, yeah. yeah. you got to what I'm saying is you must eat well 80% of the time and 20% you can binge okay mm. But most people are binging 80% of the time and eating well 20%, 20% of the time. Raw food is very important. I eat loads of raw food. My, uh, the only meal I heat up is it in the evening, is I make some rice or organic rice and that type of thing, mm. and butternuts and whatever. But otherwise, I eat raw. Even if I'm listeners, we are talking to Joel Amerman here <laughs> on the grounds of Spence Plus. It's actually in the morning. Uh, we are sitting amongst all the vegetables that they've grown here and thank you Joel for speaking to us and speaking to us about organic food and about just making a change in your life and how you've made it and that uh, it can benefit us so we are going to go to a music break for now and when we come back we're going to take our talk further Thank you. 
Ons is nog steeds op Spence plaas en ons praat nou met Geraldine Jacobs. Ik verstaan, sy is die voorvrouw, nie die voorman nie. Nee, <laughs> Geraldine, dankie dat jy met ons gesels. Ek wonder, wil jy dat vir die luisteraars vertel, hoe het jy betrokken geraak hier by Spence plaas? Hoe braak een vrou betrokken by boerderij? <laughs> nee, ek het, um, ek denk september maand, ek het met my werk gehad, boos uit hulle met ons getrend, Mm-hmm. en toen zat ik bij die huis en ik, mijn neef besef me met ons kantijn te komen als vrijwilligers om te komen werken, ik het kom weer en ik het elke woensdag gekomen samen met Dub mm-hmm. en later toe het mijn neef bedankt en sy vraag toe vir my kerst vraag vir my in woensdag ik ek weer, ek was zeker nog als je nu werk, ek kan goed mm-hmm. en ik zei ja, ik ek, ek zoek weer en ik zal het doen, want ik mm-hmm. het me nou al gezien hoe werk ons en ek kan mm-hmm. niet en ek hoef aan groente en planten goed mm-hmm. En ik heb gezegd, ja, ik is bereid. Toen begon ik die donderdag te weer. En wat is jouw jou duties? Wat moet jij doen hier op Speensplaats? Als ik aankom, zorgen dat ik die vrijwilligers aan die weer. Dan mm. kijk ik daar bij die... Als allemaal betekent dat ik twee mensen in een scooby score die die buiten Dan kijk ik eens wat gestikte buiten is. En die onkrijgelijk uit. En um, gielblaren en spinazies en goed, mm. broccoli, en er twee blomzaadjes daarop af. Mm. En allerlei goed, en dan trek goed uit wat zaadjes, dan maak ons weer plek voor planten. Mm. Mm. So, as ek recht verstaan, toe, toe die pandemie begin, toe COVID begin, het jy jou werk verloor. Wa- ja. Waar het jy voorin gewerkt? Op Kamenazie bloed is een geimreserve, um, is een wildplaats. Oh. Maar die wil, dat ik weet die wil gaat zich niet meer aan nie. Als ik voor van die COVID bezig ja, ja. Ik heb daar acht jaar gewerkt en toen die, wanneer was hij? June maand. 2020, 20, 20, ja. Toen was het al onze dat was zes van ons. En toen zat ik voor vier maanden bij deze en ik besloot maar om spelersplaatsen te komen. Maar ik zei dan nog maar bij deze. Hoe dit jouw leven veranderd? Heeft het jouw leven veranderd? Het heeft mijn leven veranderd. Ik heb bij ook om leer en hoe om gezonde groenten te eten goed. En dat Dat maak ik dat hij goed voelt om groenten te eten. Ja. En zo ben ik je voor je gegeven. Want dat altijd als mensen kennen dit van groenten goed, dan eet je zo maar niet al aan. Maar uh, uh. mensen worden maar nog zo goed gemaakt. Ja. Oh, als kind ben nog niet bij. Op jouw bord nou is, is het lijkt anders dan ja. als je een jaar terug eet. Ja, en ik is wij liever die van groenslijkje. Oké. Okay. Kan je gezond, kan je voelen je is gezonder die Ja, ik voel beter. Hoe voel die gemeenschap van de rest door Speensplaats? Dan zullen we praten van die plek. Wat zeggen jullie van die plek? Hulle geef ons die eer vir ons groente en goed, maar met mensen kom, kom weer. Mm. Want baie van die grote mensen sal kom weer, maar onze mensen nou samen met de lorie en die opklim is nou moeilijk vir hulle. Wow, okay. So hulle sal kom, maar hulle kan, kan nie opklim ja. En die jong mensen? Die jong mensen kom. Mm. Die kinders is baie lief om tenti te kom. Is het? En dan weet hulle wat om te plik om huis toe te yeah. gaat ook. Yeah. Dat is interessant. Oh. Ja, so ons praat vandag hier met Geraldine. Sy is die voorvrouw <laughs> hier op Speensplaas. En uh, sy vertel ons dat haar leven die intima verander van dat sy betrokken geraak het hier. Baie dankie Geraldine. So, nou gaan ons op bykie praat met William. 
van de rust. William is maar 12 jaar oud en ik verstaan, hij is een baie harde werker in die tijd. William, hoe het jij betrokken geraakt hier bij Speensplaats? Ik heb betrokken geraakt bij Speensplaats, die jaren mensen wat ik me gezet. Daar is geen dieren voor kinders om te komen. Leer voor je niet hoe je kan werken, dingen doen, hoe dingen gedaan worden. Dat is hoe ik betrokken geraakt bij Speensplaats. Wat lekker is voor mij op Speensplaats is, je krijgt een voorsmaakje van hom met een zoetijn te werken. Dat is meer dan net een voorsmaakje, dat is iets wat veel iets wil geven, dat is amper zo iets wat voor zo voorheid gegeven wordt. En dan worden heel wat anders gedaan als je het bij de huis doet. En wat zo? Hier worden het geplant, gekweekt, alle dingen. Dat worden die goederen ook gauw rijbij. Is dit de eerste keer dat jij zo in die tuin werkt? Of jij al voorin in die tuin gewerkt? Ik heb al voorin bij die tuin gewerkt. Waar? Dan de rest, bij de rest laagschool. Daar bij die tuin. So jy geniet het om hier tussen die plante te wees? Ja. Nou verstaan ek, dat behalwe die plante wat jy hier so na kyk, daar is nog iets anders wat jy geleer het. Ja. Ek geleer om vir ander kinders ook opportunity te gee om dinge te doen. En om meer te leer om sociale wetenskappe. Ah. En levenssiekelike dinge. Ah. So jou maat, as jy terug aan die restaurant, vertel jy hulle van die tuin? Ja. As ook ek wil van vlakteplaas die kinders, ek wil reel met die principaal van vlakteplaas om elke keer laat tien kinders saam te kom tuin toe en te kom leer hoe dinge gedoen word. As jy vir jou maats vertel, wat leer jy hier so? Wat sê jy vir hulle? Ek sê vir hulle sê, nou ek wil vir julle iets vertel, dus dit jy het julle al gehoor van Spensplaas. Julle kan search op wat? Op Facebook, Youtube, in social media daar so is meer interessante dinge oor Spensplaas. Jy kan sien wat ons daar doen en hoe dit gaan daar en wat een wonderlijke avontuur is wat ons kan doen. Nice. Vertel my so'n bykie van ek hoor jy het na Blacksmith toegegaan. Vir jy so'n bykie van dit vertel? Ja. So die donderdag voor ek met Blacksmithing gaan doen het Het keert vir my vertel, ja, ek was geselekt om bleksmitting te gaan doen. En sy het gesê, daar is meer dinge wat ek kan uit, want miskien kan ek gaan vir bleksmitting as ek goed is. Maar ek het eerst gedang nie, ek wil eerst sien, so dat ek kan weet, ja, dis die moeite werd om dit te doen. Toe gaan ek maar die een dag en die ouse naam is Kevin. Ons het nie hier begin, die ander kind was naam Oliver. En Kevin was een interessante man, om jylle weerswinkel was vol tools. Al wat hy kon gesien het, is steenkool wat rond is. As hy die vier begin opsteek, en soos ons die vier begin opsteek, het hy die pauke gebruik om meer rook te laat uitgaan. En toe het hy die eister ingedruk en toe het hy vir ons gesê is om begin een kap om eister plat te kry, toe ons weer begin een kap, toe die eister bloedrooi, toe ons weer begin een kap en af en af, toe ons begin een goed doen, en dis waarom ons ekke blake gemaakt het. By die huis, as jy nou groente plik hier by die huis, plik jy wat jou ma sê, as jy nou van die huis afkom, en sê jou ma, William, asjeblief, en dag moet jy wortel saambring, en tomaties, 
of plek gay as he said, oh, he's so cynic as, what is the William? That's the swart bone. Swart bone, I can not know swart bone. But he comes forward as blue bone. Yeah, so plek gay blue bone for the eyes. Yeah. And then, for you, but what? So good, come here, Dan zal ik haar verduidelijk dat ze dat ze blauw woont, maar ik kom voor in die tijd naar die zwart woont. En hoe maak je om haar? Ik koe kom eerst op, dan water je om af, dan gooi je weer water in die pot en die koe kom weer op en dan water je om weer af. Dan zeg je weer. Zo jij kan leren je malen bij die huis hoe om met alle andere goeders kosten te maken. Ja. Twaalf jaar uit gehoord, lekker en volgens mij. Hij leert al klaar die andere mensen. So wat wil jy wees as jy groot is, bodder ek nie, hy wil mense leer. As ek groot is, dan sal ek een prokureer wil wees, want ek wil vecht vir ons mensrechte, want elke mens het een mensrecht. Ja. Eden FM luisteraars, ons sluit ons program vanavond af met William. William is maar twaalf jaar oud, maar jy, hy het een karakter van een groot man. William, het was so lekker om met jou te gesels. Okay. En William, wat sê jy vir die jong mense? Ek wil sê vir die jong mense, moet nie vast in die huisie. Kom uit, kom, kom na die vars licht toe. En oh. ga met jou leven voort. Dankie William. Toen jylle sê afgegins en kom hier na Spensplaas toe. Dis vier kilometer uit die rustheid, die Willemopad. En kom kyk wat die aangaan en kom kree bykie inspiratie zodat so ons groente kan plant en ons, en ons kan gezond leven. Hans? Baie dankie, dit was so waar voorrecht om hier te wees. <laughs> Tot ziens jylle. Your favorite community radio, Eden FM, live in the heart of the garden route. So Eden en M luisteraars, dankie dat jylle geluister het, dit was voor waar, een baie besondere onderhoud, daar op Speensplaas. Um, die liekie na, waarna jylle vroeger geluister het, was natuurlijk Sunset, en dit is een liekie van Joe Louis, hy is oorspronkelijk die van Oudswere, en dit kom van sy album Carosa Spirit. So google dit, kry dit, ek seker dit is op Amazon of op Tykelot, en bestel dit in oor steen local. Local is lekker, sê jylle. Nou, ons het nog een local mens hier so, en haar naam is Liesel Berry, en ons sit vanavond in haar atelier. Goeienaand, Liesel. Hi, good evening everyone. En ons het daar vanavond speciaal, want Liesel het besluit om van haar skilderie uit te loop, en ons gaan vanavond later gaan ons die trekking hee. Liesel, wat vertel vir eerste mense van Eden FM, why did you become involved in this project? Um, I just thought it was a great project to support. Um, you know, the, it's a long-term, sustainable way of helping people help themselves. And, um, yeah, it just, it just seems like a, a great project to get involved in. Yes. And, you know, the work that they're doing at Spence Plus, the project works along the same lines, being organic and getting the community involved. Mm. And people will learn how to grow their own vegetables, which is, you know, better for all of us and for the environment. Yeah. So even if you listeners, you are listening on the radio, but please, I urge you to go and look on our YouTube and our Facebook page because we're in Liesel's studio tonight and you must see these paintings here. They are absolutely amazing. I've been following Liesel's artwork for quite a number of years and she always astounds me with the, the, with the artwork. So Liesel, Tell us a little bit about the series of paintings that you have 
that you have placed up for this um, raffle or for this draw or for this fundraiser? Um, yes, I tend to do various subject matters and um, or different themes. So I chose five pieces from which the winner can choose uh, one painting. And um, there's two Karoo landscapes. Mm -hmm. um, there's a fierce favorite. <laughs> if you're looking on YouTube, you will see that I'm holding up my favorite one. I've also entered Liesl, so I hope I'm going to win this particular one. Um, yeah, that's, that's uh, for those that can't see. Um, it's, it's actually a, a work that is about light and uh, it shows a giraffe, but the light and the camouflage of the giraffe sort of play with one another so that the light eventually becomes the giraffe. Yes. Um, yeah, and then there's another painting from my Breathe um, work, which is uh, a series of paintings on trees. Oh. And also just celebration of trees and death of light and yeah, that's absolutely stunning. Yes. How much how much money did the um, entries how much did we get in terms of entries? There were well there's 172 name entries in the catcher and um, we raised fourteen thousand six hundred rand. And this money, if I'm right, it will go to a project like Spence Plus yeah. or to help initiate projects yes. like Spence yes. Plus. Yes. So, so it is <laughs> quite exciting. Should we proceed to the draw? I think, I think it's time. <laughs> um, I, think it's I must time. tell you, I must tell the listeners that there are people from America that has entered. There are people that have entered up to 15 days. I hope I win. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Let's see, I'm going to close my eyes and I'm going through the names and I'll hand the name over to Hans and then Hans can check the name and the number. And, let, let, oh, I took two. two. So, throw, so one, just throw, one. One of them, throw one of them back. <laughs> there you go. That's the one of the other ones. So. And Lisa, while so, Hans is looking at the all... number, oh, well, you open. Exciting. Happy Lee. So unfortunately, we won't be able to call Cindy, uh, Kathy Lee to announce to her that she's the winner of these paintings. I think I need to bribe her these and give me one of them. So, Dial, can you tell the listeners before we go, because I think our time is almost up. Uh, can you tell the listeners where they can go, where they can get a hold of you? And if they don't see you uh, physically, where they can go and check out your paintings? Um, my paintings online are on Instagram and Facebook under Liesl Barry Art. Um, spelled L-I-S-L, and I have a website which is www.easelberry.co.za. Otherwise, my artwork is in my studio in Oto, Nice um, Fine Arts, Kate Pallet in George, and Prince Albert Gallery. And one, can I ask you one last question? Because I, I, I've been telling them that I've followed your 
artwork over the last couple of years. And I can see how it has evolved. It's, it's constantly changing. So perhaps you can just tell the listeners what you are busy with, what's your latest thing that you are busy with, your latest theme. Um, I've, I've done a series of work which is nature-based. So it's, it's um, actually called psychedelic reflections. Yes. Um, Hans love that one. <laughs> <laughs> and it's sort of about self-reflection, but then also, you know, reflections and patterns in nature that just go in my mind, basically. Yeah. And what I've done with the series is I've, I've made them into high-quality um, prints yes. to also make it more affordable for people because yes. that's often an issue. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's all on my website and my Facebook page. Yes. So, Lisa, just on behalf of Kangaroo Connect and um, our feeding scheme or our food relief department or component, I just want to thank you for offering up these paintings and for starting and initiating this um, fund or to, or to um, get money together so that we could help our community. We really appreciate it. And I actually just want to challenge everybody who's been following us over the last almost year, Hans, mm -hmm. that should you think of any project or if you want to get involved in raising funds for more projects like Spence Plus, please contact us. You can contact Hans van Erpien or you can contact me. We also have a Facebook page, Clankaroo Connect, where you can leave us a message and we'll get back to you. Any last words? Uh, I think also the invitation by Catherine from Spence Plus oh, to yes. come have a look to see what, what she's doing. She's very open to, to with her suggestions. Um, we've gone quite far. Bernard who is um, in charge of the food relief yes. um, initiative. Um, yeah, so we will be we'll be speaking to him soon. Um, so the listeners yes. can can oh, look forward to hearing. But the next um, stage, I think Liesl's money will be used to, <laughs> yes. to good avail there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So then that is it for tonight. We've had an exciting journey up until now. And we look forward to more shows with you. We look forward actually to meeting some of our listeners as well. So please, please, please contact us. And Liesl, any last words before we say goodnight? No, just, just being a fantastic you know, the communities got involved in supporting the fundraiser and it's been wonderful. It's a great initiative. Yeah. So thank you, both of you. And for visiting my studio. It's a pleasure. <laughs> so, in the name of the listeners, we will be able to get the next week. And the next week, we will be able to get the next week. So, we will be able to get the next week. Bye, Donkey. Bye, Donkey.